Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So glad to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. John McLaughlin. If you haven't gotten his album, Angst and Grace yet, what are you waiting for, guys? Come on. Do it. You're going to love it. Today on the show, as Couples Month continues, we have Mac and Meredith Brock. Okay, listen, here's the story. We didn't even tell you this. But Mac and I and Meredith and I have known each other separately for like years, known of each other. Meredith and I have been in the same place, but we've never been like real life all the way friends. And then, as you'll remember from an episode in November, Laura Bento, who runs Good Grit Magazine, Laura got married and she married Shane Quick, who I adore. And so at Laura and Shane's wedding, Mac and Meredith and I ended up sitting around a table and just talking for literally almost the whole reception. I mean, we just had the best time until it was time to get on the dance floor. And I was like, can you guys please come on the podcast like immediately slash in February when we do couples, which worked out great because Mac also has an album out called Greater Things that I think you guys will absolutely love. So I wanted to tell you about his music, but then I also just adore Mac and Meredith. And and I think you're going to really love this conversation. So without any more delay, here are Mac and Meredith Brock. Are y'all in the same room right now? We are. Actually are. It's a rarity. I know. That's, that feels very special to me. <laughs> it I feel, is. I feel no very honored. Either. Yeah. Where, what'd you do with your children, Mac? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with them right now, but I'm sure they're in good hands. <laughs> yeah. You're really hopeful. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. I like that about you. Where have y'all been this weekend? This weekend? He was in Nashville up until... Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I know. We're gonna pub- I'm going to publicly complain about it. Keep going. He, yeah. he left. What day did you leave? Was it Thursday? I left on Friday. Friday. We, I, was, I was finishing up a project and then led at the Worship Together conference. And then he flew home. But I stayed. I flew in for the Worship Together conference with Lisa. And he flew home. And I stayed until the following day where we hung out with you and all the stuff. It was awesome. It was awesome. I agree. It was very fun. I did say to um, my team, I was like, and I even said it to you, Mayor, when you were in the office, I was like, how did we not just do this in person when y'all were both in town? But y'all only overlapped here for like three hours or something, right? Seriously. I know. We had dinner with each other and that was about the only time we saw each other. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) That's well done. That's well done. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, because one has to go home and hang out with the kids. Right. And then the other one can go do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> okay, let me let's back up a little bit. Tell me how many years have y'all been married? Uh going on thirteen this 13 May. Lucky thirteen. Yeah. What? Okay. How long has your life involved the road? Well it's not involved the road for, like it does now. Yeah. It's been seasonal, but from the start of our marriage, uh we've always been independent. And so <laughs> even when we first got married, you'd go you'd go on vacations by yourselves and <laughs> <laughs> right. Almost, pretty much. I I took an internship that took me to California for like three months, like right oh, after wow. we got married. No kidding. And then Meredith Meredith had to stay back because it was an unpaid internship. So right. I had to stay. I stayed in South Carolina yeah, and paid the bills. To make, make money. <laughs> Wait, and, okay. Tell me about that decision. How did y'all come to that? It was a no-brainer decision, I felt like. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a good opportunity for me. It was in the field before I was like leading worship a lot. It was kind of in what I wanted to do and it's kind of a good opportunity. And so, uh, I mean, it was hard. We had a lot yeah. of people a lot tell of people us, told not, us not, to not to do, do it. it. <laughs> and really? I was like, seriously, Annie, when he, when he like told me about it, I didn't even have to think. I was like, you better do it. Like, go do it. Right. Like, that's a once in a lifetime. It was with us. After you'd only been married for three months. Yeah. 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 But you know what? I mean, it's like, we're going to have the rest of our lives together. You know, so I was like, go do it, chase after yeah. it. And wow. so I, he went and I stayed in South Carolina. I got a dog. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah, I got a little pug. We named her Maybe. Maybe the dog. No, you did not. You named her Maybe. We yeah. did. We Why? Named her maybe the Max, dog. like, yeah, of course we did, Annie. What else? Did <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Um, okay, that's really interesting because one of the, I mean, this whole month, I think I've told you all this, but this whole month we're doing couples on the show. And one of the things that for some reason when I've been like thinking, I mean, I won't over-spiritualize, I'll be like, as I've been thinking and praying, (laughs) but as I've been thinking and praying about this series, one of the things I really wanted to talk to y'all about is how you make decisions as a couple because y'all do run so you have two full-time ministries in your home. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the third one being your home and your children and each other. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. 
And so when you make a decision like that, like the opportunity comes to you and did y'all like listen for God or did you try, how did you, cause so many people want to know how to hear God. How did y'all know that was the right thing that God had for you? Yeah. That's like the hardest part. Cause even when you think you hear God, you're only like 20% sure that yeah. it was God. Right. Um, and I mean, we, we feel the same, like every big decision we've ever made comes with a lot of second guessing comes with a lot of fear of like, Oh shoot, did we do that? Like, is this right? We did start out our marriage that way, but I think we've learned even more so the longer we've been married, the more we've been kind of just in communication is how to talk through all these options that we feel like might be on our heart. Yeah. And we've had to get really good at just talking, mm-hmm. you know, like we're, me and Meredith are both like internalizers and we're really good at processing a lot. Okay. Tell me your Enneagram numbers. I'm an eight. Okay. Wing seven, Annie. That's right. That's I'll right. Be- you are. <laughs> Yeah, that's like the that's like the rough one, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, he's I grateful did. for my eight every right. single day of his life. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I love I love eight. Um, and I'm a nine. Oh, that's and, right, Mac. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that. so, I think for us, we had to learn that we couldn't process internally all the time until we made a decision and then bring it up as a couple. Right. We kind of had to talk about it. In the As process. In the process. It wasn't not concluded yet. We hadn't come right. up to a conclusion yet. Right. But we would invite the other person in, in the processing. And I think it comes with a level of like uh, when you trust each other, mm-hmm. it's okay. If, like if Meredith trusts me and trusts my heart and trusts my intentions, then I can bring up something that's really scary and she's not going to freak out. She can kind of trust, okay, we can at least walk through this together. And same with her. Like if she brings up something that's really wild to me, I at least trust that she's prayed about this or that. Before I ever even really, I mean, to be honest, I think that's probably one of the big things is like both of us are such, to be honest, like very calculated individuals. And I know Mac will never bring something up that might be kind of crazy to me on a whim. Like, that's just not who he is. Like, he won't just think like, man, maybe we should like move to Washington, D.C. And he just (laughs) thought that he just thought that one time. Right. He would never bring that up to me because he knows what it could do to me. Right. Like it could make me internally panic. And so he would really chew on that and think through it and pray about it and, you know, then bring it up to me and kind of process with me. But I think that's a big part of it. But also, I mean major decisions for us, babe, like we've had to make some really, really big, scary decisions in our marriage, like any other, you know, (coughs) marriage and relationship, you know, that you have. And we've really consistently and not to make us like shine our halo here, but we really consistently have fasted together. Oh yes. Come on. And prayed together. And almost every single time we've done that around the major decision. It's been pretty wild. We come out on the other side without, we know what we're going into. Like we're both focused on the same thing and asking the Lord for clarity around this or whatever it might be. And on the other side of it, we'll literally, we usually go out to dinner and we say, what did you hear? Like, what do you think the Lord's putting on your heart? (laughs) And we almost always end up in the same spot, which has helped. It's almost like a game. (laughs) Yeah, kind of, I guess. I'm sure now the Lord's going to be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when the stakes are high, that's where we've always gone. Do y'all like. know that Nashville, right, right now we're in the February, the city of Nashville, about like 450 churches are fasting and praying together for revival. Did y'all know this? Wow. Oh, no, no that's amazing. That. Isn't that, that unreal? Is so cool. I know. That wow. is so cool. So we're right in the middle of a fast. And so I would love to hear y'all talk more about how whether, and, and I'm sure, but you can talk into it about when it's food versus when you do like social media or something else. Like how is fasting affected y'all's marriage and your relationship with each other to bring that discipline into your lives? Huh. Yeah. I think anytime that we've been like praying for something or like actually like really seeking the Lord for like a decision, it's always been like a food fest. Yeah. yeah. And it's always been, all right, let's take two or three days and let's fast and pray together. And then we'll like kind of reconvene and talk. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously I think through any other, other seasons, we might go through like uh, a social media fast or a Netflix fast or something like that. But that, that's usually independent, independent we don't usually or, do that or even just like, uh, I need this for my health. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I need this to like stay on top of like 
make sure I'm not. You were make sure we're disciplined individuals. Yeah, disciplined. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the the food one is we've always done like a food fast when we've really felt like we need clarity from the Lord. Yeah. Like we needed that extra amount of time to focus and bring like discipline to our bodies and our minds. Yep. Yeah. Before you were married, was fasting a part of your life? Um, it was, was yeah, it was for me. Uh, not like a ton, but like even youth group, like we would have like, right. I remember we would do like a 24 hour fast and then we'd have a like big pizza party. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See, that right here tells you that one of the big differences between Mac and I, I did not grow up going to youth group. <laughs> so yeah. I have none of those memories, but I became a believer uh, my senior year in high school. And so I did it throughout my college years. Okay. And I just did it alone. I went to a little Bible college and yeah. it was something that we learned there. And I just recognized the benefit of it in making decisions and just in my, in the depth of my relationship with the Lord. Yeah. So a husband is listening or a wife is listening and they think, man, I would love to fast with my partner. Like, I wish that we, we are making a decision or we're going to make a decision. And I think fasting and praying would really clarify for us and clear it up. How do you, how would y'all suggest they even start that conversation with their partner? Um, I mean, I'm asking you to be an expert on something. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. I don't, all I can speak to is kind of like how, how we've done it. And I'll be honest, like even, even when we've fasted together, it might look different for each of us. Yeah. Sure, you know, sure. like I might be fine, like fasting for like a full 24 hours and Meredith might say like, Hey, like once like dinner hits or like late night, like right. I am going to eat a little bit of something. And it's not, I don't know. It doesn't have to be this legalistic thing, but I think anytime that you're kind of like depriving yourself of something together with a common goal to pray Mm -hmm. or a common theme to like work on in your heart, it provides so much clarity. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say like there've been a, I mean, many times in our marriage. And I think the longer we've been married, the more we've realized how that's helped us. Yeah. And so there've been many times in our marriage, like that we've done this, we've done it like a lot. Well, and I will say too, Annie, I think this would, this helps for, I think oftentimes I don't want to project this onto other marriages, but oftentimes the, and this really hasn't been the case for me and Mac, but I I have enough female friends who are married that oftentimes will say, I want to do this, but my husband doesn't want to, Right. you know, how do I get him to want to do this with me? And uh, Mac has always, almost always been the one to bring it up, but I would say just saying, Hey, I'm doing like, he'll, this is how he'll approach it with me. Hey, babe. Um, I think I'm going to fast this week. Um, as we kind of think through this decision, here's what I'm going to do. I like how she just like barely drops her voice one octave to be you, Mac. Hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as deep as it gets. Hey, Annie, I'm tired. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Um, hey, babe. Uh, I would feel like, Oh, I want to join in. You know, like I want to be a part of this. And so I would just say like being able to go to your spouse and say, Hey, I know we're trying to make this big decision. I'm thinking about fasting and praying, you know, um, it's going to look like this. I'd love it if you would do it with me, because I think anytime you, you bring legalism into fasting, you've almost defeated the point. That's right. It yeah, see, I think we're like, even us talking about it right now, I think it's canceling out a lot. Oh my the gosh, yeah, the Lord's going to unanswer all your prayers. We're supposed to be talking about this. <laughs> I mean, unless you up. were... <laughs> Mac, I mean, unless you were actively fasting and going like you guys, I'm starving. <laughs> if you knew what a good Christian I was. But you're just gener- generally talking about the discipline of fasting. I'll double check with the Lord, but I think you're all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the three of us are like out to eat or we're sitting at a, as we do, we sit at a table at a wedding reception. And I say to you guys, hey, I like having fasting as a part of a discipline in my life as a single woman before I'm married. Why do you think, for our single friends who are listening, why do you think it's important to have disciplines like that already set up in your life? I just think anytime, if you're walking through something, like there's never not a good time to like stop and pray. Mm -hmm. And there's never not a good time to like kind of take a moment. And so any anything that we can do at any season in our life, whether you're single, married, whether you're working on like a big decision, or you just like, need some clarity or something say like hey i'm gonna set aside this time maybe it's just lunches i'm gonna set aside my lunch this week and i'm just gonna use that time to pray i'm gonna use kind of just even like the feeling that i have of like i'm hungry as like a reminder of like god sustaining us that in and of itself is going to be like a positive in your life it's not going to return void right and so whatever 
we can always take time to do that. And I think that the Lord values that and honors yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I would add to that as a person who deeply dysfunctional background, uh, as I became a believer, I recognized there were some things that were deeply, the reason I fasted prior to ever even meeting Mac, like he wasn't even in my life. Um, I was a 20 something year old trying to figure out what in the world I was doing. I recognized I had some issues in my heart that simply reading a book or having a whole lot of like self-control wasn't going to fix yeah. spiritual breakthrough <laughs> for my character and for those things in my heart to become unseated and for me to be able to grow into a healthy person. And I personally found that even knowing I did it a decent amount when I was in college really helped me emotionally into a person of better connection with myself, which in turn, I think helped me in my marriage where I'm, I'm a secure person because of some of that work I did on my own. Right. Never met Mac, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause it's shaping. I mean, you were doing all the things to shape you I think one of the big problems sometimes in Christendom is we are teaching single people to go out and look for the kind of person they want right, to be with versus right. oh, being gosh. the kind of person they want to be with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that'll that'll get you upside down real fast. Yeah. Right, right. And so then there's this like, well, I want to fast and pray, not because I'm trying to find a spouse, but because that's the kind of person I want to be. Right. Yeah have the depth, the spiritual depth of being able to have that discipline for no other reason. I just want to know my savior more. Yeah. Okay. Y'all, we just didn't waste any time. We just went, we, we dove in the deep end, (laughs) but I like, I like you guys. Okay. Well you, so you mentioned it a second ago, Meredith, but will y'all tell me how y'all met? Cause I don't think I know this. Oh boy. Um, It's exciting. Oh good. I'll I'll give the short version. Yeah. I get overly excited about the story because it's just my favorite story. So it's better that Mac tell it or we'll use the whole Because one of the best things about this month has been hearing God weaving stories together in ways that people couldn't have done themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one's definitely that. Oh yeah. Um, Okay. So (laughs) Meredith grew up in the West Coast in Idaho. When she became a Christian at 17, she moved to Alaska and lived in Fairbanks, that Alaska. Feels normal. Super like normal, right? <laughs> six years. It was just like, need to get into a better, healthier zone. This family invited her in. And so she was kind of stationed in Alaska and went to school in South Carolina. And there her it last is. semester. <laughs> yeah. I know. There's my seven, Annie. I love adventure. All I was like, I, they were literally, the, the college in South Carolina was like, We'll give you some money if you want to come to this college. And I was like, I've never been to South Carolina. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> you're so seven because you're like, as north as I can go. As, as soft as I can go. Seriously, no, no. you're not kidding. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yep. I love it. Um, anyway, I met her just in South Carolina at an event, like her last semester. And so we met. Kind of hung out. I, like, what do you, you know, mean? You, you were singing? You oh, know. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Let I me tell this part. I need no. to tell this part. Hey, no, I'll be honest. No, I'll be honest. He's trying to I'll get me to not tell the story. She was a hairdresser, and so I knew that that could be like an end. So I got her to cut my hair. <laughs> oh, you're brilliant. Um, He's you know, skipping it, over a very important part of this. Like a normal person would obviously pay somebody to cut their hair. <laughs> right. I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, well, hey, let me just take you to lunch, you know? She couldn't resist. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Okay, so, this is not true. I need to tell <laughs> the true story. I need I'm to really enjoying it. Okay. I'm going to tell the true story, Annie. Are you ready for the true story? Yes, I'm super ready. Yeah. Okay. So just like I'm going to pick up on the spot where he said it was the last semester of my senior year. Yeah. My best friend in college who I lived with was throwing an outreach event and Mac's band was playing. Got it. Okay. And my best friend was like, hey, Mayor can you come help me at the outreach event? And I was like, sure thing, Megs, I'm on it. So I came and she was like, can you please just feed the band? And there's this boy with this really great smile came through and all he was doing was standing in front of me, smiling with his play. Oh, that is true. (laughs) Just the goofiest grin on his face. See, there it is, Annie. There it is. I'll I'll give you that part. No, no, no. Now you're going to wait for the next part. You forget all the best details. People love these. People love these. So then (laughs) I, I serve him his food and his mom who is the drummer in the band. Not kidding. True no, story. wait a minute. Mac, your mom was your drummer? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she could tear it up so on a drum awesome. set. She's amazing. You would love her. Amazing. She's That's the best. Awesome. Um, so she sees her, her young son smitten with this girl and looks at me and she says, Hey, what are you doing for dinner? And I said, Oh, I'm just going to eat out here. And she said, no, you come on, you're sitting back here with us. And so she insisted oh, yeah. that I come in the back room and have lunch with them. And later that night, Mac Brock asked me for my phone number. Yeah. And I so, so well done. Just like, I want your phone number. Yeah. The next day was even better because then he called me and he said, Hey, could you cut my hair? (laughs) And I said, sure. (laughs) And I, he came over to my house and I cut his hair and I was, I was, I think I was wearing my pajamas. And when I got done cutting his hair, I was expecting him to pay me. And I stood there for like a normal person would. Yeah. And he said, can I take you to lunch? (laughs) And I was like, sure. And so then it was, it took yeah. a minute for me to fall in love with you, but then I fell in love with you. Yeah, and she moved back to Alaska for a season and told, got her to come back. And she came back and we married like a year later. It's true. So tell me about when you decide to go back to Alaska, Meredith. What Did y'all stay together or did you like... She tried to break up with me. I did try to break up with him. It's a funny oh story, gosh. Annie. Oh, I we love Literally, this. I'm like very logical. I'm a little older than Mac. I was actually graduating. And he was starting college. Okay. And I remember recognizing, okay, I'm about to graduate from college in a month. And I'm moving back to Alaska because I loved Alaska and I wanted to live in Alaska for the rest of my life. And so we were driving to his driving back to my house. I can't remember where we were driving, but we were driving somewhere. And I decided this is the moment. I've got to tell him that this is there's no way this is gonna work out. And so I said, Hey, you know, I'm about to graduate. You're about, I'm ending college. You're starting college. I just don't see how this is ever going to work out. And he said, no, it'll be fine. And I was like, no, I don't think you understand what I'm trying to say here. I just don't, I don't think our relationship can, can continue. And he was like, no, really, it's going to be fine. And I was like, no, but seriously. And he was like, Meredith, it's going to be just fine. And I was like, I had nothing else to say. I didn't know. He like wouldn't let me break up with him. And so literally I was like, okay, whatever. I'll go back to Alaska and this will fizzle out. But far from that, he, he, we talked every day on the phone. And then after about, was it three months? He convinced me to come back to South Carolina. So I did. Mac, why didn't you let her break up with you? Oh, I don't know. I I guess I just didn't even, I didn't even think that was an option. I just assumed like, I don't. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, no, like, like, did you know? Like, were you like, "This is my wife"? I'm not. We're not breaking up. I think I did early on, but you were also 18 or something, right? No, I was no. 20. Okay, 21. And I, I think I was just like so fascinated with her. <laughs> like, I was so uh, just intrigued by her, and yeah, I just assumed that that wasn't going to be an issue. And so, when he convinces you to come back, Meredith, like at this point, you're in a serious relationship with the Lord and with Mac Brock. I mean, are you saying? What are you saying to the Lord when you're deciding about going back to South Carolina? Well, it was kind of a crazy story. It was one of those times, Annie, actually, now that you say that, it's so funny that the start of this conversation started with fasting. And this is where, this was one of those moments. You know, I was in Alaska. I had um, graduated with my undergrad from a Bible college in South Carolina. I assumed that I was going to move up to Alaska and, you know, the Lord was just going to open doors. Not a lot of people want to do ministry in Alaska, you know, so I said right. he had called me, he had called me there, you know, and so I went up there, I was working, doing my thing. And then it was very clear, like all the doors that I thought were going to open closed. I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I really started praying and the Lord kind of laid on my heart, like, maybe you should consider going back to get your master's degree in counseling. And I was like, what in the world? You know, that like started thoughts of discontentment and realizing my time in Alaska might be coming to an end started to kind of happen in my mind. And it really didn't, even though I would like to say it was because I was in love with this guy named Mac Brock. At that point, I was still, I have a lot of hurt in my past. So I was still very suspicious of him. And so it really didn't have that much to do with him. And so I I really started praying and I went through a long period of fasting when I was living up there um, all on my own, just being like, Lord, what do you want? And I started to apply to graduate programs and believe it or not, I got accepted into the university of South Carolina and they offered me a big fat scholarship for their counseling program. (laughs) And then on top of that, it was like, I got a job in South, everything came together in South Carolina. And so I was like, okay, Lord, is this you opening the door for me to go back and 
it was him after after really praying and fasting. And I did also have a lot of people in my life that that family that I moved in with when I was 17 kind of became my parents. They became yeah. my family. And so they helped me process a lot of it in terms of just being making wise choices. And they also concurred. I think this is a wise choice for you, Meredith. I think you need to move back to South Carolina and do your master's degree. So I did yeah. not thinking I did not move back to South Carolina thinking I'm going to marry that boy. I went back to South Carolina thinking I'm going to get my master's degree. <laughs> and you got both? Did you get both? I did. I got, got both. both. Buy one, get Lucky one. Yeah. I win. I win. <laughs> I think that uh, that is such an important lesson for so many of us, married and single, to hear like, I was going after what God had made me for, and all these people in my life confirmed it too. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's yes. heartbreaking when you hear stories of people who've given up their whole lives to move to where a a partner of some sort is a boyfriend or a girlfriend and then it all falls apart right and sometimes god still moved you there on purpose and there's still purpose in it and sometimes all your people told you not to move but you moved anyway yeah totally i think like that's the that's the coupling with like fasting is like scripture digging in scripture but then also like seeking wise counsel Mm -hmm. and people that you trust and like bringing them along in the journey with you. Mm-hmm. Did you have people the whole time, Mac, when you were still in South Carolina talking about her coming back? Did you have people speaking into that for you as well? Just my parents. My parents were like, oh yeah, like if y'all break up, like she's part of the family. <laughs> You're <laughs> the one very... who leaves if we break, if y'all break up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So from the get go, they were very uh, interested in, in her being a part of our family too. <laughs> As you guys know, my faith is an important part of my life, and I'm always looking for new ways to learn and grow, and that's why I'm so excited about Faithbox. It's an amazing subscription box service that inspires daily Christian living, and with Faithbox, you'll get a box filled with inspiring devotional items delivered right to your door every month. Each box is based on an uplifting theme, and it's always a surprise to see what's inside. I've gotten two so far, and I've really liked both of them. Every box includes a daily devotional with inspirational scriptures and challenges and seasonal prayers, a book by a Christian author relevant to the month's theme, and some do-good products, some meaningful products that you'll love made by companies around the world that give back to those in need. With Faithbox, you'll end the month more centered in your faith. Plus, you'll have access to a supportive online Christian community. I've really liked my first couple of boxes. It was fun to open. I've been a member of a couple of different subscription boxes, and I always love opening them and and slowly going through what's inside. And it, I've really enjoyed the two I've gotten so far from Faithbox. I want you to experience Faithbox too. So I've worked out this very special offer for my friends. You get ten dollars off your first subscription, but only if you use my promo code. That sounds fun. So get my special offer today. Go to faithbox.com slash that sounds fun and use the promo code that sounds fun at checkout that's faithbox.com slash that sounds fun and the promo code when you check out is that sounds fun today's episode is also brought to you by prep dish prep dish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service and when you sign up you'll receive an email every week with a grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time After only one to three hours of prepping on the weekend, you'll have all your meals ready for the entire week. It's a great time to listen to podcasts when you're prepping for your week's worth of food. And you'll save time and have amazingly delicious meals like smoky paprika chicken legs with a trio of roasted vegetables or that turkey and zucchini lasagna. In addition to the gluten-free and paleo meal plans, Prep Dish is now offering, as of the new year, keto meal plans, which I think is awesome. If you've been curious about keto, try it out free for two weeks. Check out prepdish.com slash Annie for a keto beginner's menu and to get your first two weeks for free. Again, that's prepdish.com slash Annie and your first two weeks are free. This is a no-brainer. You guys are going to love it. Thanks, Prep Dish. We think you are awesome. Just want to thank our sponsors, Lipscomb University, that's here in Nashville. At Lipscomb University, their online programs are shaped by a commitment to creating a better future. And with multiple undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs to choose from, you can define what that future looks like and earn the same academically rigorous degree you'd get on their campus, all with the flexibility to fit your life. We know you're ready to lead, so pursue your goals and a better world at Lipscomb Online. 
Visit lipscomb.edu backslash online to learn more. That's L-I-P-S-C-O-M-B dot E-D-U slash online. Let's fast forward a little bit to where you're doing music professionally. You started at Elevation, right, Mac? Yeah. I mean, you were doing it before that, but... Yeah, so I, you know, right before we got married, I was still finishing up college and was leading worship kind of, not on the side, but like just at different events, very random. It wasn't something I was pursuing, but it was something I would do often. And uh, I met Stephen Furtick and... He invited us up to come. They had just kind of started the church. And so early on in our marriage, this was after his intern. After my internship in LA, I started driving up on the weekends to come be a part of Elevation. And then oh, wow. like six months later, we just decided to move up. That was another move fasting up. and praying. Yeah, that praying. was another fasting and praying situation <laughs> that we were just like, okay, let's try, you know, let feel like we're supposed to do something new and be a part of this church. So let's go do that. And then I was on staff there for 10 years. Okay. Man, I just love how important that discipline is for y'all. I just think that is, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't know that we've ever had a show where people have so naturally kept going back to, uh, oh yeah, we also fasted then. Oh, we also fasted you know, then. It's kind of wild. Well, it's wild because we were just talking, I think, you know, kind of at the end of 2018, we were doing being very nostalgic and we were talking about just all the, the Lord has done. Which mainly you talked about us being friends, right? Yeah, well, oh, that yeah. was, I mean, that was, was the highlight, highlight. Sure, highlight sure, of sure. 2018. Sure, same, same, <laughs> same, same. Was like releasing new music. Yeah, 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 um, for sure. <laughs> no, but... The greater things your album talks about is me. The greater <laughs> things was friendship with Annie yeah. now. Well, duh. Yes, duh. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? But one of the things that we keep coming back to was just me and Meredith are very... Uh, we're very big planners. We're very much like, all right, what's our goals, all this stuff. But when we look back at our life, there's so many situations that we had no idea like what the plan was or the end game was. We yeah. just realized we're supposed to step into something. Yeah. So whether it was to move yeah. to Charlotte, whether it was to leave staff, leave the a church staff role, or whether it was, you know, stuff with Meredith's job. It's just like time and time again, we just knew this goes against our nature because we like planning. And we like 10 year goals and we like five year goals and we like knowing what's coming. But there's been so many instances when we look at where our life is now, it's just a weaving in and out of this like journey that couldn't have been planned and couldn't have been manufactured. It was just step by step, random things that we felt like we were supposed to do and and walking in that. And now we're where we're at. Yeah. I love hearing y'all say this because it matters to me, but I think it... So many people listening may feel like they're right in the middle of a story, but they don't know where they are in the story. You know, like, we know we're not at the beginning. I'm not sure we're at the end. Where am I? And and it sounds like what you're saying is, like, every time you get to where you don't know what's next, maybe fasting and praying will give you some direction if it doesn't give you the end result. Yeah. I, I still feel that way, like, all the time. Like Every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even, even with, like, new music that I'm making, yeah. I mean, I... I I'm working on a record right now. We went into the studio. It was the first week of January. And I don't know why I felt this way. It wasn't like, I'm not like trying to be self-deprecating, but I, I had this realization of like, maybe this is the last time I go into the studio and make music. You know, maybe a year from now, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, let me just enjoy this process and enjoy this moment. And I'm, I'm not speaking that like prophetically or no, anything. No, no, I'm no, just no, saying no. like, <laughs> it was a help. It was a helpful thing for me to go into that week knowing I am in the middle mm-hmm, yeah. and I don't know if this is the beginning of something new. I don't know if this is the end of something, yeah. you know, but I'm, I'm right in the middle and I can be present in this and enjoy it mm-hmm. and be grateful and, you know, and trust that God will lead me every step of the way. Yeah, something I've been thinking about a lot. We may have talked about this when you were here, Meredith, but something I'm thinking about a lot is what you want to do and who you want to be the day before God answers your prayer. You know, like the thing you've been praying for or the end of the story. or Yeah, like who who do you want to be the day before? And it sounds like, Mac, that's what you're saying is like, if God is turning the page of this, which you're not saying he is, you could make 50 more albums. Yeah. But who do you want to be if this is... If this was the last day you recorded or if this is the last album, what do you want to say and who do you want to be and how do you want to appreciate what you're sitting in? And it's freeing and it's freeing. It it allows you the chance to not feel so tight fisted on like the things that you think that you value. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, you know, I mean, if 
I never went back into the studio. I would be devastated and would like hate it. But it also gave me like just like a sense of stress free to like, like it's not something that I have to hold on super tight to. I can be open handed with it. Mm-hmm. And God has just proven to us over and over and over again that when we're open handed and when we're kind of like on the same page, communicating, yeah. very transparent with each other, he's never not shown up. Yeah. yeah. He's always done something kind of wild and exceeded our expectations. Yeah. What I keep seeing true in my friend's life and in my own life is it doesn't often look the way I thought it was going to. Sometimes it does. Sometimes he does yeah. exactly what I prayed and exactly what I pictured in my head. Or, That's the best. But more often than not, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome when he does that. But more often than not, it's a iteration of what I prayed that is better. We've talked about that so many times. I mean, I couldn't, not in a million years, could have dreamt up what I'm doing right now. Like yeah. I could not have told you, I want to be doing this when we have two kids, yeah. you know? Yeah, describe what you're doing, Meredith, for people who don't know. Yeah, okay. So I am the executive director of strategy and business development at Proverbs 31 Ministries. And then I get the privilege of being the publishing manager for Lisa Turkhurst and a literary agent for a few other authors, which have been an absolute joy um, that I love doing. But what, the, what I was saying is like the wild thing is that that was nowhere on my radar, uh-huh. like nowhere on my radar. When we had our son, Harvey, I had been working at the church with Mac as a producer and in the creative department for like almost five years. And when we got pregnant, we just decided, you know what, I can't, can, both of us can't work at the church. It was a very fast pace. So I started just doing brand management for Lisa. And it just it's kind like of, a part-time job. Just yeah. to like, all right, well, yeah. you need one to do day something. a week, actually, you know? one day a week. And yeah. it's amazing. I mean, Meredith, it's honestly amazing because like that was so later in life right. compared to like, you know, I was 30 years old. She was yeah. 30 years old and stepped into something very new, very unfamiliar. It's amazing to see like how the Lord has directed her path right. since that in just seven years. Yeah. yeah not seven even, years. Yeah. Seven years. It is crazy. And it was just simply like a step of obedience for us to just be like, okay, I'll do this. And then the next thing came along and I was like, okay. And, you know, Lisa asked me to come on full time and onto the executive team. It was just one little step of obedience at a time. It wasn't some master plan that we ever had, but man, am I thankful that it worked out the way that it did. (laughs) Right. And I think, I mean, people here and my, y'all know Emily Freeman who lives near y'all, but Emily Freeman says often in her book and her podcast is called The Next Right Thing. Like she's like, stop trying to do or see 30 years down the road and do the next right thing. Because I don't think any of the three of us would have picked our, if we'd had this conversation 10 years ago and gone, hey, what do you think your job's going to look like in 2019? I mean, no way. No way would I have pictured this. I feel like I've just learned over and over again, if everything you do, you do need to do it with like discernment and do Mm -hmm. it with wisdom. But I think being flexible is like a trait that we don't talk a lot about in our life. And that's something that I feel like even... Even in your faith, Mac, you need to see it in your faith. <laughs> right, yeah. Be, fle- be flexible. Like even in our marriage, like there've been a lot of times that we're just trying to be flexible with like an opportunity or flexible with like, hey, this is really weird. I don't I don't know why I should do this, but maybe be like... We're going to do it. Yeah, let's yeah. just do it. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, you have to have discernment. You have to have like wisdom. But every time that we've like kind of stepped out and, mm-hmm. and been just open-handed and flexible with like our schedule or flexible with whatever like opportunity, like it usually leads to something that's really interesting and kind of life-giving. Yeah. How old are y'all's two kids? Uh, our son Harvey is seven and we have a little girl Cyrus who's four. I mean, they're so cute on the internet. I mean, <laughs> they are. basically yeah. the cutest thing. Cyrus is like the star of my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, when you posted that video when y'all were both out of town and he was just dragging her around. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> on the hoverboard. On I the know, hoverboard. Right? I was dying laughing. All I could see was uh, stitches in her chin. That's I know. all that was going through my mind. <laughs> he, he kept trying to do that. When I was in town, I was like, what are you doing, dude? Stop. <laughs> And as soon as we left, I get a picture. He got his grandma to let him do it. My mom, and she's like, they're having a blast. 
<laughs> what is going on? Yeah. I mean, for the people who haven't seen it, we'll link to it because it's on your actual post, isn't it, Mac? I think it's a post. I yeah. So. I mean, yeah. it is yeah. literally him on a hoverboard and her holding onto his ankles. And he's just circling our house. And he's, well, just he's, he's bent over and he's put his hands between his legs. Oh, that's right. Holding, yeah. <laughs> that's Which right. is even worse because he could go head first yeah, he's off of the hoverboard. Coordinated. And she would then smash her face into the bottom of the hoverboard. <laughs> yeah. It's like ER, emergency room uh, written all it. over it. <laughs> Tell me how y'all teach them about prayer already. Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question. Thank um, you so much. I mean, we we pray a lot as a family. It's true. And, you know, right now it's a lot of like, hey, close your eyes. Stop <laughs> doing what you're doing yeah. while we're praying. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's very much, I would say, like in a disciplinary phase of like yeah. trying to. You need to focus when we're focus, talking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I think for us, we, we keep bringing it back to like, this is why we do this. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly telling them like, you know, every night as a family, like if I'm in town, we'll. We'll be in in our room. We'll go around the room and ask, you know, Cyrus, what do you want to talk to God about tonight? Harvey, what do you want to talk to God about tonight? And so I think just connecting the dots for them that they're talking with God, that that's the way that we communicate with God. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing. And I think I think one of the big things that I've seen with the kids is they've absorbed, like Max said, we do family prayers every night before they go to bed. Um, and we of course, pray before our meals. But I think the biggest thing is they hear us. We don't just ask them what they want to pray for. We always share what we're praying for too. And we allow ourselves, we're actually like real and vulnerable in those moments. I was about to say, do you tell the truth? Do you like tell them like, like, man, I had a really bad rough day at work. I I got a rough meeting coming up or, you know, like kind of bring them along in it. So they know like, okay, mommy's dealing with this or daddy's, you know, and we're going to bring it to the Lord to be able to trust him with it. And I think it's been good. I think the, just maybe the last piece is that we do a lot of like, like praise report prayers. too. And so a lot of times, even in those nights that we're going around the room, like there are a lot of times intentionally that we'll be like, I'm not going to ask for anything tonight. I just want to thank God that he answered this, this prayer, you know, or, and thank God that, oh, yeah, that we brilliant. get to be together, you know? And so like, you know, I mean, I don't know if we're doing a great job. We'll find we out. We don't know. You know. They're still so young, Annie. The verdict's still out. <laughs> but I, They're but very I, coordinated as a pair. I can tell you that. They can at least be skaters, ice skaters together. Yeah, for right, sure. Right, for right. sure. No, I do oh, think, I mean, man. I think that's brilliant because even as a human who grew up as a kid, I'm not sure that... I ever thought enough about answered prayers as much as I thought about asking for things. Mm-hmm. I, that's the way I was growing up all the time. And I remember being in youth group when my youth pastor like really directly challenged me about the way that I saw God as like a hotline. Oh, wow. And I'd never thought about that before in my life. And it like, re- you know, it messed me up. <laughs> and yeah, it's so important to just come with like a grateful heart and, yeah. and that to be the way that we first approach you know, yeah. God. and hearing for them, hearing from y'all, like, Hey, we asked for this and God did this. Like we are, we are drawing a direct line between the experience we had as prayers and the experience we're having as receivers Yeah, has got to be, I mean, and you know, you're planting stuff in them that can't be rejected. You know, that's just how that, that's yeah. how it goes. It's true. I've heard, I've never raised a person, but I've watched a lot of people yeah. do it. So <laughs> neither have we, but yeah. we're working on it. <laughs> Uh, on a more discouraging it. note, our four-year-old continues to pray for our dog that has passed away. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, <laughs> Annie, no kidding. I mean, she knows the dog is no longer with us, but she still prays. Dear well, God. she didn't know that the dog wasn't with us for a long time. <laughs> oh, Mary what? didn't tell her for Mary a long did. time. That's true. That is true. not true. You I just sent the dog to a farm or something the, horrible like that. <laughs> that. The dog was at the vet because the dog was very sick. And she told the dog her that he was wasn't never going to come home. Just <laughs> tell her that maybe had passed. And then on. finally, she so she kept praying to God that God would bring maybe back home to us. And oh, so finally, Lord, I had to tell her one day, like Cyrus, maybe's dead. She's not coming back. And so yet she still continues yeah, to she pray, does still for, pray for me. She has bigger faith than all of us, I guess. <laughs> Oh, it, when when maybe resurrects, I, I got oh, some man. other things I'm bringing to Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, if her fa- parents have been fasting and praying for right on two decades, <laughs> I, know, I don't know right? what kind of kid, I don't know what kind of power she's got. Super That's been downloaded powers. or somehow. Yeah, That's uh-huh. right. Um, hey, Matt, can we talk for a minute about greater things? 
Yeah. Okay, because it's such a good album. I love it so very much. Oh, thank you. This is your first one as a solo artist, correct? Yeah. Am I right about it that? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me how it feels different than the worship albums you've done before. Man, it was such an interesting kind of season where I, I, you know, I was not on staff at a church anymore, and I was still writing a lot. And uh, the way we even approached the record, it wasn't at all like, all right, I'm going to make an album. It was kind of like, all right, these are the songs that I'm writing. I like this one. Let's like release this one. And so we just yeah. like released one song and then we yeah. released another song and another. And so even from that perspective, it kind of organically like started to shape up into like a nine song project, yeah. just little by little. And, you know, there are definitely like some, some positives and negatives, like not being attached to like a church. Uh, I think like the hardest part for me is that I'm such a team person. I love yeah. collaboration and I was really nervous that me doing a solo project, it would just feel like, all right, this is Mac Brock. This is everything that he is doing is just like him by himself, you know? That actually turned out not to be true. Like I had so many people like on my team, so many people like songwriters, producers that got involved that it did feel more of like a collaborative effort that was really inspiring to me. It's just been awesome. Like it's it's been a challenging season, like leading like new songs and seeing kind of like what the Lord is like doing through like new music coming out of me, like coming out of like my heart. That's not attached solely to like a church. Um, but I've been real grateful for the process. Meredith, is he a different kind of person when he's writing songs than when he's performing them? So comparison being when I'm writing a book, I'm kind of a monster because it's all the stuff has to get out of me. And it's hard for me to be a, the best version of Annie when I'm writing so much. Is that like, do y'all experience that seasonally where there's times where you have to step in and be more supportive and more like helpful because of the art that Mac is making? Uh, yes, 100%. <laughs> we, but it's different. I would say, and I don't know, babe, I'd love to. I'm sad I'm not seeing y'all's faces between each other right now because I'd love to know like <laughs> whose who's face is saying what. Not to answer for Meredith, I think in a lot of ways, I'm good at compartmentalizing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so like, I'll go off and do my thing. But then occasionally, like I will come home and I'll be carrying the weight of like a project. Yeah. So just for sure. I mean, even even like two weeks ago, <laughs> you know, I'm in the middle of working on like a new, project. new project. Yeah. And Meredith came to me like just at the end of the week, one week, and she's like, hey, like, we need to talk. I feel like you're unengaged, disconnected. And I just need to know like what's going on. And I didn't even realize how just me internalizing in my mind, yeah. thinking about these songs, thinking about the production, thinking about the mixes, whatever it might be, I was carrying that externally without even like realizing it. Yeah. But being kind of just a little bit aloof and disengaged, that was helpful for me. It's not pleasant to hear from my wife, but it helped me realize, oh, like I didn't even realize how disconnected I was. And so how can I rectify that now? Right. It also helped her to know like, oh, I didn't even think about the fact that you're in this project and you feel all this pressure. Like that wasn't on my radar. So it's good for, yeah. for me to know where you're at. Right. And it was just, I don't know, it was a crummy conversation to have, but it was the next, you know, the rest of the night and the next day was like a really good, yeah. you know, really good for our relationship. Yeah. I mean, and I, that's exactly it. He goes in and out of seasons and most of the time, I'm aware of it, but occasionally I don't know that he has a due date for a single. Right. You know, right, or right. most of the time I actually, <laughs> I do know, but it just wasn't on my radar, you know? And so for me to be able to kind of have the guts to say, Hey, what's going on? Like, right. I, you're in the room, but you are not here, yeah. you know, and for us to be able to talk about it. And so it's not all the time. One thing I will say, and I think anybody who's close to Mac Brock knows this is every once in a while his brain he if he's and for creatives I've just been around creatives so much now it's very normal for me but if you're not in relationship with the creative this would probably I was about be, say you live with all of us like you right. see every yeah it's my it's all I've ever known I feel like as an adult yep. is living with creatives but I'll see I can see he's working something out in his brain. Yeah. And sometimes it can even be like in the middle of a conversation, I can see his, he is working on something and I've just learned to just, just be quiet for a minute and let, you know, and be patient with it. Cause he'll come back. Like he'll, he'll, but a lot of patience, (laughs) but literally, 
anybody who's like, he'll even start, he's always making musical noises constantly. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because he's working out parts and songs, you know, and I've just learned that that's just who he is. And it's part of our life to hear constant drum beats or. And I think whatnot. it also goes back to, <laughs> I think it also goes back to what we said at the beginning of this conversation about like coming from a place of trust. Yeah, totally. And Meredith like trust that I'm, if I do that, he's not, not ignoring me. Yeah. It's not coming from a malicious place. Never. Or, yeah. You know, anything like that. It's just kind of, I don't know, part of my quirks. Well, yeah. and I do it. I do it for sure. You know, like where he, if there are times where he's trying to engage with me in conversation yeah. and all I can think about is the fact that, oh my gosh, that I have a book release in a week. Yes. I, you know. right. That's literally what I was about to ask is if it switches the other way too, it, it would have to by nature. Oh, totally. But I wondered if your job has seasons like that, where Mac, you have to step in and go like, okay, this is a release week for mayor, or this is, yeah. you know, we're right in the middle of contracts. And so it's going to require a different thing than a normal day. Yeah, totally have seasons like that. And sometimes I handle them really well. And sometimes I handle them very poorly. Other conversations that need to be had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to hang up and you guys are going to be like, okay. <laughs> right. Wait, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Mac, tell me your favorite thing about being married to Meredith. When we had kids and I got to just see the way she was as a mom was a whole different level of like, the woman that I fell in love with, like it was almost like seeing her blossom into like, like just an even better version of herself. And so that's like, I think like, that's like one of like the best gifts that I've gotten to see. But I think just like being married to her, like just her as like an individual outside of just being a mom is we've become like very on the same page in like so many ways, like in, in the way that like we even like pursue the Lord and the way that we kind of listen to the Lord. And that's just like a, such a unique, tender thing that we've experienced in our marriage over mm. the last, even two years. Mm. You know, the last two years of our marriage have been by far the best we've yeah. ever had. And I think a lot of that is in part to like the way that we're communicating to each other about like what the Lord is doing in our life has made it very just in sync. And it's just been a real precious thing to, to experience together. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, when you said that the best two years of your marriage, I would love for you both to kind of say why that is. I don't totally know. You know, like, <laughs> this I, was not I, a formula. We didn't yeah. plan on it. Right. <laughs> but I think one of the things that I, I have talked to people about that have just been helpful is like, we've just gotten so good at communicating to each other yeah. and planning intentional time together. We've never in our marriage been a, a couple that could be like, all right, Thursday nights are date nights. Yeah. That's, uh, N nothing can happen. Yeah, yeah, protected. We've always been like, this week I got this going on. This week, next week I got this going on, and we kind of have to be fluid with each other. Mm -hmm. But we've gotten just to a point of like, I understand what Meredith values and how I can pour into that. And I become, we become very intentional with our calendar. Mm -hmm. Very intentional with talking through. You know, it used to be like we talk through the week. Now we talk through like. All right, the next three months. These, these are the dates that <laughs> yeah. we've got going on. These are the dates that I want to get some time with you. And I know what, what Meredith values. So I know how to make sure that I'm filling the, the needs for her. And then the other thing I think is just we're in such a season of like, we don't know what's next. Right. And ever since we stepped off staff at Elevation, we haven't known what was next. And we've been forced to kind of rely on just the Lord. Yeah, And I think that because it's me and her doing that together and mm -hmm. we're very cling to each other as we both cling to the Lord yeah. has just been a really special awakening, I guess, yeah. in our relationship yeah. and how we communicate with each other and how like we kind of walk out our days. It's been really, I don't know, just like an, ex an extra blessing that I don't think we were, we were even For expecting sure. walking into this season. For sure. That's beautiful. Well done. You should write stuff, Mac. <laughs> Very good with your words. But. <laughs> um, Mayor, what's your favorite thing about being married to Mac? Well, I got it easy because I got a minute to think about it because I was like, she's going to ask me this question. You're right. So Mac got put on the spot. But honestly. But he did great. Uh, he did do great. Thanks, babe. That was really nice to hear. Um, well, as an Enneagram 8, I tend <coughs> to, you know, you know, our, our core sin, who, where it comes from. We're just, we're angry yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we're, we're uh, challengers. And so I'm just an aggressive person. I always have been. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the best parts of being married to Mac is that he has helped me 
temper that so much by loving me so well, honestly, just because I come from like, like I said, I came from such a broken background. I just had to in me, everything in me needed to challenge and fight against the world. That was like my DNA. Yeah. You know, like I will take care of myself. I can handle this. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I can't trust any of you, you know, but Mac and his just steady and stable love of me that was just so consistent that when I tried to break up, he just with him, he just said, no, that's not going to happen. You know, when I just the way he has just loved me and the way the peace that he brings into my life by just simply being who he is. That is my favorite part of being married to Mac Brock. And he's funny. And he just, he just all around makes my life 1000% better. Like he really is truly my best friend. You know, I think having kids has been the best thing we ever did. Um, It's brought uh, out in him. Like Annie, he never wanted to have kids and I had to like really, that was another, that was another fasting and praying moment. Look at that, babe. I never even really realized, Um, but I really wanted to have kids and he didn't. And I said, well, I think I'm going to fast and pray about this. You can join me if you'd like. (laughs) And he did. And on the other side of it, you know, the Lord had changed his heart and he was ready. He was scared, but he was ready. Um, And just seeing him become a dad and how much he loves it. Um, and ha- I don't know, there's just, I could go on and on. Being married to Mac is my favorite thing I've ever done in my life. Oh my <laughs> Other God. Other than to know the Lord. <laughs> Mac Brock, so. you need to get that t-shirt made. Oh, right? <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. Gosh, so. that's great. You guys, thank you for doing this. This is like, as we have already decided, the minute we met, we became dear friends. I mean, it just is so easy being friends with y'all. And so I'm just so, I'm I'm just so thankful to hear deeper sides of your story and so encouraged as a woman not yet married to like okay these are this is we're getting to see a lot of couples this month and I'm learning health from all of them so you're I feel like you're teaching me a lot of health in spiritual disciplines when it comes to relationships so oh that's awesome just thank the world of y'all that's awesome okay you guys but I can't let you go and to your land of being in a lovely life with adorable children and humor and each other without um telling me what sounds fun that's the name of the show we have to know what sounds fun to the Brock family what do you guys do for fun what do we do for fun me and Harvey play a lot of video games together do you what do you play like Fortnite and Spider-Man. <laughs> I was about to say, are you a Fortnite guy? I'll become one. Yeah. Because uh, Harvey loves Fortnite. I was about to say, Honestly, did Harvey start it or did you start it? Oh, I started it. Oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm it on him, but I'm trying to be honest. Um, Appreciate you. Probably the funnest thing, I think, like as a family is us just laughing at our daughter. Oh my gosh, She's yes. just so really? funny and interesting. She's such an interesting little person. And so we just... Every dinner, every time we're hanging, like we can't help but just like just laugh, at, laugh Cyrus. at who she's doing, <laughs> really? who she is. She's so yes. funny, yeah. Yes. So that's probably the most fun we have. I agree. Okay. 100%. That's a great answer. Well done. Well, thank you guys for being on the show. I adore you both. I'm so thankful we're friends. Thanks. Thanks, Annie. You guys, I know they're just amazing. I mean, just thinking about that fasting conversation and what fasting and prayer have done for their relationship and their lives. It's just amazing. Hey, if you want more information on fasting, Jesus talks about it in the book of Matthew chapter six. So you can go read about it there. But also there's a book called Celebration of Discipline, and it has a chapter on fasting that I've found incredibly helpful as fasting has kind of become a discipline in my life. And I think you would really enjoy it. And it's by Richard Foster. So we will link to that stuff in the show notes. And we try uh, every time, like when this show comes out on a Monday, we try on Tuesday at AnnieFDowns.com to have the show notes up with all the links in it. So we'll add some more fasting books there if that is something you want to learn more about. But I'm so grateful to Mac and Meredith for telling us their story and for telling us some of the deep places of their relationship. And I just, I'm so grateful. I love them. I love them. I love them. Hey, make sure you are following Mac and Meredith everywhere. Mac Brock and Meredith Brock are their Instagram handles. So find them, tell them thanks for being on the show and how much it meant to you. And and make sure you grab a copy of Mac's latest album called Greater Things. It's oh, it's really good, you guys. It's really, really good. It makes me extra happy that he's creating new music because as soon as that comes out, I'm going to tell you because it's just so good. 
Hey, if there's anything I can do for you, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs all over the place. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere you want to find me, that is how you're going to find me. And if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing the show, that helps a lot. And sharing it with friends. I bet some of your friends would really be interested to hear about the spiritual disciplines conversation around relationships. So just send this on to them. That would mean a lot to me. So I hope you guys have a great week. Happy Monday. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you. And we will see you back here on Thursday with our dating couple of the That Sounds Fun podcast. Not married. Dating. It's going to be awesome. We'll see you guys on Thursday. 